Are you ready, Christine? I'm ready. Are you ready, Ma? I am. Let's go. Let's go to Switzerland. Oh, it is was, that where we were? It was Switzerland. I thought it was the Bavarian oh, yeah. Alps, but I, I wrote guess down that Bavaria, is... but it said it was uh, Switzerland. I wonder if it says it's Switzerland after 1945. <laughs> like, I wonder. Yeah, that's If true in too. 1931 it was Germany, but then like Universal yeah. was like, all right, it's yeah. the Swiss because it was so much. Uh, it was. I wrote down Bavaria after mm -hmm. the the village scene but no it is switzerland probably right on the border yeah probably and so this iconic horror film follows the obsessed scientist dr henry frankenstein as he attempts to create life by assembling a creature from body parts of the deceased Aided by his loyal, misshapen assistant, Fritz. What happened to Igor? He comes yeah, in okay. later. He comes in, in subsequent Frankenstein. Oh, Frankenstein succeeds oh. in animating his monster. But confused and traumatized, it escapes into the countrysides and begins to wreak havoc. We are indeed doing 1931 Frankenstein. Ooh, spooky. Okay. Particulous. It was released. I did, I forgot to do a little bit more research into this because it says it was released on November 21st, 1931. So, but then I wonder, you know what? I also forgot to research like when Halloween kind of became Halloween because maybe in 1931, Halloween wasn't Halloween. Yeah, it seems like they were like three weeks too late on that one. Yeah. Yeah. It's like oh, your Thanksgiving film, Frankenstein. That's right. Family and all. So it's directed by James Whale. He's an English director. He also did. Whale? Yeah, Whale. Well, he's an English director. He also did Journey's End, The Invisible Man, Bride of Frankenstein, and Showboat, to name a few. So I have some nerd alerts about James Whale. He was a British officer in World War One, and he was captured by the Germans and was a prisoner of war. And according to Wikipedia, this is when he then realized he was interested in drama, which made me laugh out loud because one, it's World War One. So just the horrors of that Two, you're a prisoner of war. So you got the horrors of that. And then you're like, ah, you know what, though? I really love drama. Like, <laughs> you, you don't have enough going on in your life, but maybe that's that's it because he wanted the escapism, perhaps. So when he was released and freed from being a POW, he became an actor, then a set designer, and then a director. And he was always openly gay, which was not very common in the 1920s and 30s. No, and, and the Germans let him go? Hopefully he wasn't openly gay to his, I mean, letting his captors know. Well, um, I don't, I don't know, but also like they're, they were all men. So how would anybody, I, I, gay for the state? Does that apply in war times? I'm thinking like the horror of war, 
who knows what people where they go for solace and comfort i like i, I don't know, think but that I that just, was a oh oh my gosh no the nazis were horrible with yes gay, well that's because the, the nazis were like how did we fail in world war one let's do a rewrite oh, there we go we let those gay people go damn so, yes first it was the jews and then everyone else gosh the nazis are horrible Mm-hmm. Still reading cast, guys. So buckle mm-hmm. up. Mm-hmm. Um, at the height, so that was at the height of his career in 1937. So uh, what, six years after this film, he directed *The Road Back*, which was a sequel to *All Quiet on the Western Front*. And this was supposed to be because you're looking at 1937, so you know like things are popping off over in mm-hmm. Europe. There's a lot of people warning about fascism and stuff like that. And so he was like, this is going to be an important movie to warn about the horrors that are about to come. But there was a bunch of studio interference. And Carl Lemley and his son, Carl Jr., had been forced out of Universal, the studio that they uh, founded. And so then this movie, The Road Back, was based on a book that was banned in Germany by the Nazi party. There we go. Because, you know, it was warning against the dangers of dictatorship of Nazi Germany. So Nazi, the Nazi German who were in tr- you know, control of Germany at that time for, you know, put pressure on universal to be like, you need to like put the kibosh on this. You need to tone down your anti-Nazi sentiment. And so they, um, if they, if they didn't do that, then the Germany, who was Nazis at that time, were like, well, we're not going to show any of your movies over here in Germany. So they, you know, they were like, ah, money. Put the money on it. But then when the new people, but then, so then like SAG and like the anti-Nazi defamation league and stuff of, of Hollywood, they were like, no, no, no. Excuse us. You can't do that. Like we, like you're Nazis, and we're gonna talk out about you. And so the Nazi, and and also by the way, you're Germany, and you're not exactly like, you're not make or break to the, the what Universal's got going over here. So why don't you take a step back? And so Germany was like, they're right. We don't really make them a bunch of money. We we don't have a leg to stand on. So they backed down. But as I mentioned, the Lemleys. They got kicked out of Universal, and then this new person comes into Universal, and so then they said, like, oh, well, we're fearing, you know, losing money, so they caved to the Nazi pressure that had already been, like, the kibosh had been put on it, so that's kind of weird, don't you think? And so then the movie ended up getting butchered, like, reshot. It was when it came out in its original state, everybody was like, oh, this is a great movie. But from the time that it got released to when it got cut to like when the the wide release was out, it had been butchered and it ended up being a total flop. Um, And yeah, but by then James Whale was just like, like, what the hell happened? And so then because of that, then, you know, it just made it easy for people to be like, well, also he's gay and his movie flopped. So that was kind of the end of his career. But I just thought it was kind of interesting that this new guy came in and I got his name. Charles R. Rogers comes onto the scene and then 
it's like, oh, well, Germany wasn't going to, we solved this problem. And it's like, no, let's take out the anti-Semitism. They actually put in like a slapstick comedy number into the thing, took all the, the, the juice out of it. So let's not, you know, be on our American high horse and not think that we didn't have Nazi sympathizers oh rocking in this country. Um, it was produced by Carl Lemley Jr., who is the son of Universal founder Carl Lemley. He ran, so Carl Jr. ran the, <laughs> there's a restaurant out here called Carl's Jr. He, yeah. he ran Universal from 1928 to 1936. He also did All Quiet on the Western Front, Dracula, The Mummy, The Invisible Man, Imitation of Life, and Bride of Frankenstein. The screenplay was by Francis Edward Furlow, who also did Little Caesar and Iron Man, Garrett Fort, who did Dracula, the Marcus Zorro, and Ladies in Retirement. Robert Flory is uncredited. He directed the Marx Brothers, The Coconuts, and Murders in the Rue Morgue. And John Russell is also uncredited. He did Bo Gast and The Pagan. The story is by John L. Balderston. Which he did the adaptation. He did the play for Dracula and the script. And he was also wrote Gaslight and was uncredited on Gone with the Wind. And oh. Richard Shire, who is the scenario editor, he also did Hallelujah, which we have done, and over 99 more films from a career spanning from 1916 to 1956. This is based on the novel Frankenstein by Mary Shelley, who, okay, so I got down a, a bit of Uh-oh. a rabbit hole with Mary Shelley <laughs> just because I thought, I'm like, this is kind of fascinating. So her mother died probably about a month after giving birth to her. Ooh. So she was raised, you know, without a mother. And when she was 17, she dated a follower of her father who was a political philosopher and so this guy who was a follower of her father's political philosophies was Percy something Shelley they're being able to be Percy B. Shelley he was married but nonetheless when she was 17 she and her stepsister traveled all around Europe with this married man Mm. And he was not married to her stepsister. Mm. So then she returned from this trip pregnant. I knew that was coming. Mm -hmm. And they were ostracized because she's 17 and he was a married man. Was the stepsister also pregnant? I just assumed. Wikipedia did not say. Okay. Sadly, their daughter was born premature and did not make it. Well, plus she was 17. Plus she was 17, plus the times, plus all the stress that, you know, her mom was under. Um, But in 1816, she, so that was two years later. Wait, 1816? Yeah. Like, this is Mary Shelley. This is the author of Frankenstein. Yeah. So in 1816, which was two years later, because in 1814, that was when she was gallivanting all over Europe with the married man. That's when they were able to get married two years later because Harriet, the woman's, Percy's wife, killed herself. Oh, wow. I had a question mark yeah. to that. 
with a little help from her friends, maybe? I'm like, all right, well, she uh, took herself out the game, and then they got married after what I'm guessing was a very tumultuous and stressful two years. So I'm just, I just am hearing... Uh, what's his face on Dateline giving the rundown, and at that point, yeah, I'm like, huh. Well, that does sound suspicious. Then in 1822, Percy, her husband, drowned. Which I'm adding the question mark to that because he did drown. But I'm like, did he drown? Was there a really heavy statue on his chest? <laughs> yeah, because. I'm like, okay. And so the other novels that she's done is Matilda. Um, I can't read my handwriting. I'm like, Ma over here. And Lodemore. So that's Mary Shelley, daughter of Frankenstein. Interesting. Then there was a play, Frankenstein. So this movie is based on a play that's based on a novel. Like, there are some, one, two, three, four, five, six. There were six screenwriters involved in this. Wow. Mary Shelley, and then the play by Peggy Webling. Um, and she is the one that named the monster Frankenstein's monster. Like, at, like she named the monster Frankenstein after his, the creator of the monster. Oh, okay. So mm. it was in the play version, that's where that, like, comes into play. Wow, a lot of plays there. Sorry. Music by Bernard Kahn, K-A-U-N. He also did Gone with the Wind, The Fly, and Modern Times. Director of photography is Arthur Arthur Edson. He did Casablanca, The Invisible Man, and The Maltese Falcon. And he's also a founding member of the American Society of Cinematographers. Wow. Edited by Clarence Colster, who did The Painted Desert, Always Leave Them Laughing, and Armis Brooks, and Maurice Pivar, who also did Imitation of Life, Bride of Frankenstein, The Coens and the Kellys in Africa in 1930, which I know that's gotta be a a bad repeatable. (laughs) The Coens and the Kellys in Africa. Like, the apostrophe... Oh no, that's when it came out, was in 1930. So I'm just like, that's got to be wild. That's got to be something. The cast is Colin Clive as Henry Frankenstein. He's a British actor. He was in Journey's End, Jane Eyre, The Bride of Frankenstein. Mae Clark was Elizabeth. She was in The Public Enemy, The Front Page, and Night World. John Boyles was Victor Mortiz, or Moritz. He was in King of Jazz, Good Sport, and Backstreet. Edward Von Sloan was Dr. Waldman. He was in Dracula, the Mummy, and Dracula's Daughter. And Boris Karloff, who's an English actor. He was also in Bride of Frankenstein, The Son of Frankenstein, The Mummy. And how I know him the best, the narrator of How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Yes. Ah, yes. And those are your particulars. Well, it's it starts with... a a man talking to the audience before the movie starts. Yes, that was Edward Von Sloan, who is Dr. Waldwin, and he is breaking what's called the fourth wall, talking directly to the audience, because he mentions Carl Lemley, mm-hmm. who is the real producer. So he's really coming out going, 
Ooh, be be careful, everyone. And he's giving you a friendly warning, and they can refund your money if if you feel that that's a need. Wasn't there another movie that we did where they did that? They started yeah. it off. I forget as well, but yeah. Okay, so then we have a face with eyeballs. It's all black and white. Face with eyeballs rotating through the credits. And then we go to a graveyard, and there are mourners and a priest. There's lots of weeping. And and there are two men peeking um, at the at the funeral. And one dude says, down, down, you fool. And the mourners are walking away, and the grave digger is filling in over the casket. And then the two men go up, and they're going to dig up the casket. So when I was watching this, I had this thought where the grave digger seemed like he probably should have been more svelte. And I don't mean to body shame the man, but grave digging is tedious and hard physical labor. And he yeah. I, it was just like, how is this guy? But I guess if it's Bavaria, he's got the brats, he's got the beer. But he's all by himself. That would be a too person job I yeah would think. and he wasn't okay. a young man either so he was not so we find out the two men were fritz i had written igor because we didn't know his name yet and the doctor and they dig up the casket and um the doctor henry frankenstein is just saying he's just resting waiting for a new life to come in my book in my margin, I wrote, it, the caste system of these two is very obvious. Oh, you mean like that they're from the upper caste? They're the dominant caste? That one is, and one is the servant to him. Yes. Which made me wonder why the guy didn't go to, I guess because he didn't have the money. Because I was thinking... He's waiting until the gravedigger filled in all of the dirt to go back. And I was just like, well, couldn't you like attack him or put him in the sleeper hold or slip him some money? Exactly. Because dude looked to me like he'd be mighty happy not to fill that grave back in. Yeah. Okay. Then they come to a hanging corpse and um, the doctor tells Fritz to climb up and cut him down. And he said, oh, his neck's broken. His brain is useless. Now, as a doctor, didn't he already know if dude was hanging that his neck was broken? Well, there's a lot of this movie that is dubious medically, so. Okay. We must find another You don't brain. say. <laughs> really? So now we go to the Goldstadt Medical College, and there is a class going on. And they are looking at two brains, one of a normal person and one of a criminal, so that they can compare the brains of a criminal and a normal person. Now, these brains are in formaldehyde, so moving on. Maybe they, I think they were, at one point, I thought that, and it could just be my 21st century brain looking at this, but I thought, wow, did, are they explaining CTE right now? Because he said how the frontal lobe of the damaged one had these things. And I, and I think, I swear, my eyes just went and saw dark lesions in the front. And 
I just edited in my own head of, oh, he had the CTE. That's why he was a criminal. Well, the class is dismissed. And I was very impressed that there were women in that medical class. I was too. Yes. All white. Well, uh, yeah. Yes. Okay. So um, the criminal brain, they had said he had been a brutal murderer. Well, Fritz goes in and he steals the good brain, um, you know, the normal brain, and he drops it. <laughs> so he picks up the other brain, of course, and um, he takes the abnormal brain. Okay, now we go to Victor. Victor was a quite good-looking man. Oh, yeah, and Victor's the friend. Victor's the, it was when he comes on screen. I'm like, wait, who's this guy? Yeah. Well, I say that a lot to, to uh, Elizabeth. So Victor is going to this woman's large house. We find out she is Elizabeth. We see a photo of Dr. Frankenstein, and she has a letter from him, and she is complaining to Victor. So I guess they were all kind of friends together. Yeah, Victor she- is, it took me the second watch and reading a synopsis to figure out that Victor is Dr. Frankenstein's best friend. Okay. That was, that was, that was a tall order. Because I spent the first probably 15 minutes of this film going, why is this even a movie? Why isn't Victor and Elizabeth just cutting their losses and being like, yeah, he's really weird. Why don't we just go off together? Exactly. Well, Victor would have been happy with that because Victor was quite smitten with Elizabeth, but she was still in love with Henry Frankenstein. But she's upset because his experiments are coming before her. And she says to Victor, all this uncertainty can't go on. Uh, I wrote Victor's in love with her, but she's in love with Frankenstein. Okay. Victor will check with the medical school doctor where they went to medical school together. So Victor's a doctor as well? I don't know if Victor is or if Victor just knows this doctor who was at the medical school who was like a mentor friend, to so, Henry. Yeah. Right. But at one point, Elizabeth does, because Victor goes, I, man, I would, I, I really like you. And Elizabeth goes, I really like you too. And then, like, they have this flirtation where she's, she didn't say no to him. That's why. Because her options are limited right now. But did you see the size of the rock on her finger? Yeah. Then, then when I saw like the, I was like, oh, I even wrote it in my notes. Oh, Frankenstein's got money. Yes. Excuse me. Sorry, I was distracted. Okay. Yes. Uh, well, yeah. And that later we meet Frankenstein's daddy. Okay. Well. Elizabeth goes with Victor to meet this doctor. And uh, they're saying, yes, Henry left the university um, with, but he was working on chemical galvanism and electrobiology. But his study was becoming dangerous. His ambition was to create life. And he, um, Henry Frankenstein, asked for the doctor at the medical school to provide him with cadavers. And um, 
human life, first to destroy it and then to create it, there you have his mad dream. So the doctor couldn't go along with the fact that Henry was taking dead people wanting to recreate life um, with these dead people. Um, And so, which, yeah, (laughs) yeah, that's the whole. And so the, the doctor goes, we all, we need to go see, I need to go see him. I need to check in with him because, you know, I think he's getting a little out of hand. Yeah. And so, of course, Victor and Elizabeth go to. Well, they go to this fortress. I just wrote fortress. I didn't realize this was a windmill until they called it a windmill. Oh, it's all the same location. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Oh. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's on top of a mountain. It actually looked like a lot of the castle ruins that we used to see you know all the time in our well, you know I jaunts mean, across the rhine like i i hate to spoil the nerd alerts but german expressionism <laughs> okay there's a huge thunderstorm going on of course um and henry is not very nice to his fritz i mean he calls him a fool all the time fritz um had some body issue he's a hunchback i don't know if that's the proper part yeah, i don't know of if our it times, is either but that's oh yeah. his deal so also when we saw him take the the brains he had like the good brain and is in a glass jar with a lid and he decided to take the lid off of the glass jar and I'm like, well, what, what are you yeah. doing? And then he got scared, and then he dropped it. So it's... But you knew that he was going to drop it. Yeah. But, yeah, he doesn't have a lot going on. But, really, the dude's got to call him fool all the time? I mean, you could think it in your head. Anyway, Henry says to fool Fritz, I keep wanting to call him Igor, fool, if this storm develops, as I hope, You'll have plenty to be afraid of. Go on and fix the electrodes. Because Fritz is kind of freaked out with all this, you know. <laughs> what dead have I gotten myself stuff. into? Then we see a cadaver that's covered up on a gurney, let's say. Mm-hmm. And we see a hand that's been stitched onto an arm. Um, what? Why would you have to do that? And wow, why do you have to? Well, he'll explain it. Uh, he took the the he needs the brain that Fritz stole, um, and oh, I made I made him with my own hands. Yeah. Okay. At this point, so when the movie keeps going, but I am stuck for a good twenty minutes because I I I didn't know anything. I just know Frankenstein the monster. I don't know the story of Frankenstein. And he puts the head in and he's like, I made this body with my hands. Yeah, that's why he was getting all the different bodies because he cut them up and was putting them to make a body with his you bare didn't know hands. That? I know, but what I don't understand is why did you why did you cut a, a hand off this is, to sew a different hand on? This is what took my me- thing was why did you make him so big? <laughs> Don't you want to start off with like a teeny tiny one? Exactly. Like, <laughs> but why are you making like you're 
you just digged up a body. Why are you creating a hole? Like there are bodies. That wasn't the the problem. Yeah, I thought. Yeah, you know, you got you're working with different levels of decomposition. Oh, a body and like maybe the hand was rotten or like maybe they got in a bad people got in bad accidents back. That's true. That's That's true. That's true. Okay. Wow. I I'll need. I needed it. you. You would have saved me thirty minutes because I kept thinking yeah. it, <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, I gotta rewind this because I have just been focusing. That's the part. That's the part you had to overthink. Yes, I was. I completely was overthinking this whole. I made this body with my own hands. I'm like, this dude's nuts. Oh my god. Okay, so we see a whole lot. I of know. Did you guys watch Miss Ratchet? No, nurse rack. Oh, okay. There's some cutting of body parts. Okay. Okay. So we see sparks flying out of all of these like machines and stuff. And Henry says, 15 minutes and the storm will be ready. And there's a knocking on the door. And so Henry goes, <laughs> go down there, this. Fritz, send him away. We can't take, we, we aren't dealing with anybody right now. So Fritz goes down and says, you can't see him. Go away. And um, But they're yelling for him. Fritz, Fritz, it's Elizabeth. Open the door. Um, and he sh- you must leave me alone. Do you know how okay? mad he is? Because he told this woman, who, yeah, it's his fiance, but you already know that he's a dick because why? He put a, a whole body together with his own hand. So yeah. off the bat, you're like, this guy's a dick. And then... This is his moment, and the whole reason he got away was for this experiment. And he's got to be like, are you kidding me? This is it. This is the whole reason that I wanted to be alone. And now she's here? And to me, look at Victor and go, okay, he must not, he's just not that into me. I'm going to go off with Victor. Yeah. But no, she goes, you must give a shelter because it's storming. And... Uh, that's when we realize it's an old windmill. So he goes, come on up if you have to. Um, but are you quite sure you want to come in? And then he locks them in. Well, the mentor doctor sees a cadaver. And uh, you said, uh, and Henry says to his mentor doctor, you said the ultraviolet ray was the highest, but you were wrong. And I don't. I didn't write down what that highest ray was. I'm going to. Oh, turn... it was the God ray. I think it was like the the. Yeah, the origin of life, like the spark of life. Right. To I'm going to turn that ray on that body and bring it to life. It's time, and the machines are buzzing and sizzling, and they take the covers off. And there are pulleys that lift the platform with the body on it high up into the windmill. And then there's thunder and lightning. And then the pulleys bring it down. And then a hand moves. It's alive. It's alive. It's alive. It's alive. (laughs) Now I know what it feels like to be God. And I'm like, you're a white man. Like, <laughs> you've lived your life feeling like you were God. Okay, 
So then we cut to the Baron's house. The the Baron is the father of Henry Frankenstein. At which point I'm like, oh, that's why she hasn't left him. Got it. So Victor and Elizabeth are telling him that Henry is fine. I I didn't understand why they weren't saying, your son is fucked. <laughs> I, I think because he's rich. And she's like, ah, I can, I can, I can deal with it. I can deal with it. Oh, also, okay. he's nuts, so it's not like he's gonna be in my life a whole long time. We can, and probably, then she can be with Victor and exactly, keep the Exactly, we can get him into the sanitarium. Then we can go about and live our life. Because I, I wonder if Victor, like the whole, what their whole character is like in Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Now that I know this whole backstory of Mary Shelley, yeah, like maybe that puts this whole Victor Elizabeth thing into a different. Hmm. Hmm. Well, at this point, the Burgermeister comes in. He's called a Burgermeister. Is he called a Burgermeister in Switzerland? I swear to God, this was Bavaria. Burgermeister. I just want to be the Burgermeister. And the Burgermeister is saying, you know, the village is all prepared. When is this wedding going to happen? <laughs> and uh, the Baron says there won't be a wedding until Henry comes to his senses. So... The Baron is going to go get Henry himself. So he goes to the windmill. And the doctor, this creature of yours should be kept under guard. Oh, the the doctor stayed with Henry. He didn't go back with Victor and Elizabeth. Like, I, this, is, this has gotten serious now, guys. I have to stay. And, like, my man, what has just happened? Can you imagine if you had seen that? <laughs> Um, if, if I could discover eternity, I wouldn't care if they thought I was crazy. That was Henry because, you know, he doesn't care who thinks he's crazy because he is God now. And then the doctor says that brain that was stolen from my laboratory was a criminal brain. You have created a monster and it will destroy you. Um, okay, then wait till I bring him into the light. Because right now, you know, he's not really awake. He's just twitching his fingers. But No, he once... was awake and alive. They just kept him in the dark. <laughs> oh, yeah, because he was walking, too. Yeah, it's, it's highly problematic of just, you bring in this new, like, imagine this guy as a father. Here's my newborn baby. Put it in a well with zero light. No sort of anything. Then Henry goes, here he comes. And you hear, because he can't bend his knees. Obviously, the knees, he, he they used a very old lower yeah, torso cadaver. Yeah. But, I mean, yes, we can, we can push posh, my man, for creating a body. But it is... If you're in the world of the movie, it's like, wow, well, it is pretty sturdy. And somehow, I guess, he, he, what, how did he do, like, the ligaments and the blood vessels? Oh, let's not get I, into all that, well, Aaron Bush. you know me. That's, but, that's why it took he, me four hours to watch this film. He does tell the monster, sit down, and the monster does. See? He understands. So... 
Igor, no, Fritz, open the skylight so that we see we can see light. And the monster stands up and he raises his arms up to the light. Then they close off the light and he sits back down. It's very sad. Then Henry calls Fritz to come up with the torch. Well, the monster freaks out. And they tie him up and chain him, but Fritz was tormenting him with that torch. Mm-hmm. That was wrong. And we have an angry monster, and Fritz has a whip. Well, Fritz was tormenting him with the torch because the monster was afraid of the torch, which because it's fire. And so because he's a monster and Fritz was afraid of the monster, he's putting it in front of the monster... Because the monster yeah, wasn't bothering monster him. Away. But they, yeah. But Fritz is still a dick. Okay. Oh, come away, Fritz. Um, but the monster is a lower class than Fritz. So the monster so yeah. Fritz is enjoying this a little bit. See, there's somebody a, a rung lower than me. Then we hear screaming because they've locked the monster in a room. And the doctor mentor is, is telling Henry, you got to kill it. So the mentor doctor has a hypodermic needle that he's filled full of something. And the plan is that Dr. Frankenstein is going to distract monster while mentor doctor injects him with this stuff. That's not supposed to kill him, I don't think, but just supposed to sedate him. Oh, that's maybe a, like, like a, uh, a hot shot. <laughs> yeah, okay. I was gonna say a tranquilizer. Okay, a hot shot. <laughs> okay, but so they... it's kind of funny because it's not like you seem like you're familiar with the hot shot. I yeah, I was gonna let that go, but yeah, don't mess with me. <laughs> I was like, that sounds like the sleeves. I feel like I would love to experience that. Just like I can't go to sleep. You know, I have a lot of trouble getting to sleep. <laughs> you just need the hot shot. We'll Hit talk... me with it. We'll talk later. <laughs> um. And so Christmas he, is writing itself. <laughs> We're not gonna, oh God. We won't be going to Las Vegas, but we might have Las Vegas come to us. Oh my gosh. I completely forgot about that. Yeah. We were going to uh, do Vegas. We, you guys had talked me into it. I completely. I had, I had already put my vacation days in. Wow. I totally forgot about Christmas in Vegas 2020. And I even put fa I, I put family vacation in the calendar so my team wouldn't think that I was just like going off to Vegas to do something fun and skipping out on the holidays at work. I was like, we're going on a really boring family vacation. I just like have to go. <laughs> I have to go with my mother-in-law. Oh my god! I mean, you know, how fun can that be? You think I want to be here? <laughs> it's really a work vacation. Am I right? Yeah. Oh. Okay. Back to Frankenstein. Well, I was um, just going to say that it's funny that they had to come up with a whole plan because it's not like the monster was spry and agile. He, he's exactly pretty lumbering but the mentor doctor does inject him but but then frank uh the monster gets agitated and mentor doctor ends up on the ground <laughs> i just want to ask how he had muscle mass like don't you think his muscles would have been really atrophied uh yeah 
Well, yeah, but see, that's why I had to go back and rewind it because I'm all thinking about, well, how did he, he had to go in and, and do all the tendons and link up all the blood vessels. And, it seemed, yeah. And yeah. yeah, and when he put, he just shoved the brain in, there was no connecting it to anything. No, so. no, no connecting it to the spinal cord or anything. Well, yeah, again, you're working too hard. Yeah, yeah. Um, so then uh, Dr. Frankenstein and the monster fight in a very awkward way. And the monster has a really good collapse. Oh, I love a good collapse. And I missed it because I was all harped on the muscles and the tissue yeah, and stuff. It was a really good collapse. And then we hear a knocking on the door, a freaking gun. And it's Victor and Elizabeth and the Baron. Henry's oh, the dad. You brought my dad? Oh my gosh. So I'm thinking maybe they really did want to kill it with that injection, but they didn't take into account the mass and, of the monster. And that maybe the body of the monster that was like the the heart um stuff that, that they got from that was like somebody who was very familiar with hot shots. And they're like, ha-ha, yeah, exactly. you're going to need a it little bit more. It was Osborne's heart, truth be told. And he went, going to take more than that. So now they have to move the monster. The father and Elizabeth comes in. Um, the mentor doctor tells Baron the father to take Henry away at once. And Henry collapses. And everything collapses. I don't know. <laughs> then I wrote everything. Um, then they they have a drink of brandy, and you know because everything is very now um, a, a grand and stately and such. Uh, what is so, it? Uh, Uber upper cast. Uber upper cast. Let's let's just drink brandy and we'll be fine. While this monster is collapsed in another room. Um, and the Baron is saying, you must come home. And the mentor doctor is saying to Henry, I'm going to preserve all your papers, all your paperwork, and I'm going to kill it. I, I, but I, Henry, you've made an ausgezeitnet discovery here, but you've also done something that I don't... They don't you have toothpaste, lines, Henry. You they're they're like lines. in a few years, there's going to be a saying: you can't put the toothpaste back in the tube. We don't know about it yet, but that's going to be the, what this is. Okay, it's been 42 minutes, and I just decided I'm amending my 40 to 45 minute um, time frame wherever I want to. You so can that's do whatever you want, Ma. That's where I stop this week. Oh my God, two minutes over. <laughs> and um, it, we don't have that much time left. Oh, yes. It was a short movie. And also, we, I think I forgot to say this, but this is for free on Peacock. Which it's is for free on Peacock. That's where we got it. <laughs> which sounds dirty. Or you could, if you forget that, you could pay for it on Amazon Prime. Like some of us did. You oh. can, and it's yeah. three ninety nine, and it was well worth the time and money spent. And what is it, an hour and nine minutes? It, it really flies by. I had an hour and 11, but then um, 
Peacock said an hour and nine, so maybe they cut a little bit of they the probably, credits or something. I think at the beginning there were like commercials, and then they're like the rest of the movie won't have commercials. However, I do want to say at this point, last week I really forgot one of my good lines. I had a good line. Okay. And I stepped on myself, going ahead and letting you know what the movie was going to be because my movie pick was going to be after the vice presidential debate, The Fly. Mm, that, is, that is what I thought you were going to pick. But I, uh, and there are two of the flies. There's yes. a, an earlier one before Gold, uh, Jeff Goldblum. Yeah, somebody works on it. I, I remember writing it down in my particulars. Yes, you did. So um, anyway, there was my funny line that I missed, and so the opportunity was also gone. <laughs> uh, people of color count. We're talking Switzerland, uh, German border. So m officially it's zero, but, I mean... Are we going to count the monster as a, as a I don't person think it's a of person. color? I don't think that the monster is a person of color, but I do think that the cast system is at play and that the oh, monster yeah. is definitely the bottom of the bottom. The deletes? Mm -hmm. Is it delete? Dalits? I, I don't it, know if that's how you say it. I don't either. I say Dalit too. Yeah. Well, that you guys are probably right. Which is and th and then um, above that is Fritz, and then we go to the townspeople. I'm sure. Right. Before we even get to the height of the Frankenstein's. Yeah, I'm just saying that there was a part of me that was watching Frankenstein and was like, "Oh, this is this movie," and then there's it another. It really brought it to me too. Then there was the other half of me that is like, "This is not as fun as it probably is for other people." Like right. I, much like Gone with the Wind, of switching the lenses of watching the movie and being it's like, true. "Oh man, okay." Because are we ready for nerd alerts? We are ready for nerd alerts. Okay. So, 1931, remember this came out in November. So, in 1931, City Lights by Charlie Chaplin was released. The Empire State Building was completed. The first Warner Brothers Mary Medley cartoons came out. The original Dracula starring Bella Lugosi, Bella was, Lugosi. Re was released. The George Washington Bridge opened. Um, also in 1931, the National Socialist German Workers Party, a.k.a. the Nazis, and the German National People's Party, who was their National Conservative Party, um, those members walked out of the German Reichstag in protest against changes to Parliament's protocols. So apparently those two parties were really into big into heckling and the Germans were like the parliament's like no we're we're putting in protocols to limit heckling and they didn't like that. So they they wouldn't like the silencing of the mic for 2 minutes. Yeah, they didn't like it. And I just thought it was very interesting cuz you had two you know you had the National German, you know, the Socialist German Workers Party and then you had the conservative party, and that conservative party ended up getting folded into Nazis. Maybe you could try the top one. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe there's something in the top one. 
you know, yeah. So, so much like looking through drawers, the German people were looking for solutions to their problem, and they thought maybe limity heckling would solve that. But just try and throw us, people. Just try and throw us a curveball. Also, March third, nineteen thirty-one, the Star Spangled Banner was adapted as the United States national anthem. Really? 1931. So all this allegiance that we have to this anthem, it wasn't until 1931 that it officially became the Star Spangled Banner. It had been around, of course, since what Francis Scott Key wrote it about witnessing Fort McHenry. So that was like 1812. Um, Right. But in 1899, so since 1899, the U.S. Navy had officially adopted it. And in 1916, it was ordered to be played at military and other appropriate occasions by, yes, fuckboy Woodrow Wilson. Uh, you know, I, I, I was like, oh, yeah, of course he would. <laughs> so officially, all four stanzas of the poem are part of the national anthem but only the first stanza is sung because the rest of the stanzas contain racist shit. So, way to go, America. Awesome. Also, um, in the running for that, I think, I think we could have had America the Beautiful. Right. Like, that was, it was between these two. And is so... That, is that, oh, beautiful, fourth Is that America the Beautiful? Or it's not my country, tis of thee. No, yeah, that is America the That's Beautiful. The same song, right? No, my country, my country tis no, of thee is the same as Sweet Land of Liberty. Yeah, it's God Save the Queen is my country, tis of thee. Exactly. But exactly. also the Star Spangled Banner melody, which is much maligned because of how hard it is to sing, unless you're, you know, Marvin Gaye or Whitney Houston. The irony of that. Um, but. It's also based on a like a popular English tune at the time. And that's why people were like, "Man, this is a banger. This thing slaps." And it kept getting like kept getting played and played and so then that's why, you know, Woodrow Wilson, he heard it and he was like, "Ah, we got to get that played more in rotation." Listen to that bass. Listen to that. Bass. Okay. Also in 1931. So, I forget what movie it was, but Remember, we talked about hobos because we thought that hobos yes. was a, a bad term, but it turns out that it might not be because it was the people who got on the trains and they would, um, I think, do a lot of farm work. And so they had their hoes and that's why they were called hobos. So nineteen, yeah, I think I learned on my favorite murder. It's not a bad term. Yeah, oh, it was good. that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, 1931, the Great Depression is on and popping. And there were a group of men, there was, you know, basically hobos, and they hop on a train, and they were like, these were black men, and I guess they hopped on a white hobo train, because as we're reading in cast, you know, the, the dominant cast, the whole reason that the caste system is in place is because people need to feel inferior to other people. So even though these guys are on a train with nothing, Black guys get on a train with nothing. They're like, nope, you can't be on this car. So they try to push them off the car. And the black guys, the black hobos were like, oh, <laughs> you thought. And they pushed off the white 
people off the train, the white guys off of the train. And they didn't, obviously they did not like that. It pulls into town and then there's a kerfuffle involved. All of a sudden there's two women somehow were somewhere. And when the train pulls into the next station, the police are called and they arrest nine black teenagers aged from 13 to 19. Oh. And these teenagers are known as the Scottsboro Boys. So that happened in 1931. Oh, wow. They were arrested and charged with rape in Alabama um, because they were accused of raping two white women. This case also, so, you know, imagine the train pulls up. The two white women are like, these black men raped us. And men I use like loosely because they were aged 13 to 19. Um, So they got arrested and they were put in a jail cell. And you don't really need a history lesson to know what happened because it's played out in this movie that we're doing this week. So, yeah, there was a lynch mob that... Mm -hmm. Um, you know, went to the courthouse before the men had been indicted. Um, luckily, they didn't, because as I'm reading the Wikipedia page, I'm just like, oh my God, like just preparing myself for the worst. And luckily, though, they they were able to bring in, I think, some, like the Alabama somebody to actually keep the mob from getting to these men. And so, yes. Good, but then they went on trial, and of course they were found guilty by an all-white jury. Then there was a retrial, and the women actually on stand admitted to lying. That like they never had even seen them, and oh wow, they were never touched. And the jury still found them guilty, guilty of being black. Yeah, so you can go on Wikipedia and read more about it because it the case went the, their cases went on forever, and it's synonymous. And the Scottsboro Boys is a real deal thing, and it's um, a travesty of injustice. Like all of the men did time for a whole bunch of years and their names and their lives and everything was ruined all because they had the gumption to say, Hey, you don't own this train. Like we're all hobos here and we're all on this train and it's all the great depression. And it's just the caste system bullshit of America. Okay. Also in, so then to, to rewind, that was in 1931, to rewind 100 years, exactly, 1831, and I promise I will tie this together at a, later in this episode, but just to mention briefly, 1831 was the Nat Turner Slave Rebellion in Virginia, and oh, that was wow. when slaves revolted and killed dozens of white people, because they were like, I want my freedom, bitches! <laughs> so that sets the scene for... 1931 and what was happening i have more nerd alerts but these are about like film stuff does anybody have any other nerd alerts not i Mm, i feel like mine are more tasty Tasty nuggets yeah okay i think so so the first scene when i watched this film i thought to myself this looks a lot like m to me which was the fritz lang film that we did and yes this is this film is heavily influenced by german expressionism so -hmm. german expressionism is the creative movement in germany before world war one 
and it peaked in the 1920s in Berlin. Um, in 19, and it came about because in 1916, the German government banned all foreign films. And so as a result, their internal production of films really kicked up into high gear. And because they, you know, all of a sudden you're making money and stuff, um, they had set designs and it was wildly non-realistic set designs and geometrically absurd angles and designs painted on walls and floors to represent light and shadow and objects because they didn't have a lot to work with. So, you know, they're like, well, we can paint things and we can do illusions and stuff and, right. and to, to add shadows and stuff. And the plots were often involved with madness and insanity and, and betrayal, which were, quote, intellectual topics. And a lot of it came out of things being triggered by World War I because World War I, as all wars are, significantly traumatic events for all people involved so they had a lot of stuff to work through um the first the famous first films of the german expressionism movement with the cap the cabinet of dr kiligari in 1920 nosferatu and then later films like metropolis and m which also came out in 1931 and we've done m it was great so the expressionism was to show the inner emotional reality rather than what was really on the surface and it is mm -hmm. the same as kind of i believe it's expressionistic paintings you know and it's not it's not like titian where it looks like oh they painted a picture and it looks real life it's it's more of the expression the get the gist of it it's the feeling the emotions um that reminds me of the the line from um the movie of the valley girls that uh she's a monet because far away she looks great but up close yeah. she's a mess yeah is that clueless clueless yeah. thank you so this was exactly, and this was a short, it was short lived, but the themes and techniques they were used to enhance the mood of the films, they came to Hollywood when German filmmakers emigrated to Hollywood once the Nazis came to power. So there were a bunch of filmmakers and they, they were like, oh, we got to get out of here, but we're going to take this with us. And that's why you mm -hmm. kind of see it in, it's really prevalent in horror and noir films. You can see it's in Citizen Kane. That's a good example of it mm -hmm. as well. Um, those two genres, the horror and noir, were heavily influenced. And Alfred Hitchcock, in 1924, he was working as an assistant director on a film in Berlin. And that's where he developed his strong German influence. Ah. Mm -hmm. So that's German Expressionism. And then I just wanted to... I think my nerd alert goes along with that. Oh, okay. I mean, I think this now is an nerd alert. Yes. To go off of that. But not quite as serious. Um, <laughs> when, I watched, when I watched it, I was not thinking of German Expressionism, but I thought that it looked so much like Nightmare Before Christmas to me. Mm. Ah. Like the house, I mean, the cat, whatever he was in. And so I looked into that, and Tim Burton was apparently really... Mm, inspired I don't know if that's the word mm -hmm. by not necessarily this this 
movie, but just Frankenstein in general and like the Frankenstein effect. Um, so then I started reading about the Frankenstein effect, um, about how we as a society create our own monsters. And mm. he, I mean, then I was like just thinking about Nightmare Before Christmas, but he also made Frankenweenie. Oh my gosh. Corpse, oh my I, gosh. I know, I mean, tears. The Corpse Bride and Vincent, which were all like Frankenweenie, the corpse was brought back, was it like the monster was the dog that was brought back to life. Um, and like, just like in the movie, like Spark, his name is Sparky too. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Sparky is not a great dog. Uh, when he comes back after being brought back to life. Yeah. And then Sparky died and they brought him back to life. And I could not see the rest through my tears. <laughs> <laughs> We gotta watch that one this season. Um, and then, so basically, I started reading about how like Mary Shelley's character has been used as a model for like mad scientists with like, but Tim Burton has used it as like a lot of different like all of his mad scientists have different intentions, and um, like Vincent obviously didn't want his dog to come back. He just wanted his dog to come back. Right. But then in Nightmare Before Christmas the doctor's name was Dr. Finkelstein and he made, he made Sally and he like just wanted to keep Sally held hostage. And like Sally came back and she, but she was like, just wanted to break free and like do good. Um, but then also in that movie, there's Jack Skellington and he is kind of like that. He's kind of like Dr. Frankenstein too, just like trying to recreate I don't know. He was obsessed with recreating Christmas and then what he recreated, like his own version turned out to be kind of like a nightmare. Mm -hmm. But there was something you said, because in that movie, um, Dr. Finkelstein said he quoted Frankenstein. He said, I made you with my own hands. Yes. And then there was, um, you brought it up when he was talking about like when he was trying to make the monster and they were all banging on the door and everything and he was like leave me alone <laughs> yeah that, that happened the night before christmas because um jack skellington holed himself up in his like little castle house and they were all trying to like break in because he hasn't come out of his house in days and they didn't know what he was doing and all this electricity was coming from his building and he was like just leave me alone and i was like oh my god he's all of the all of his movies are so much inspired by Frankenstein, and even the ones that aren't like uh, Edward Scissorhands and Bat mm -hmm. his original Batman. Very German expressionism running through there, where you're like, "Oh, I got you clocked now, Burton." And then the article I was reading was saying like how Mary Shelley's book warned us of our own powers. And they said it's almost as if Mary Shelley in 1818 could see nearly 200 years into the future, recognizing that our scientific discoveries of nuclear weapons and cloning could eventually be our demise. You can't play God without expecting some bad consequences. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. it brings up the question, were they monsters to start off or did yes. we create them ourselves? Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yes. Well, I came across the last nerd alert of this because I thought that it was very interesting. I came across an article, but it was too wordy and scientific for me to get into. 
but it was all about Frankenstein and electricity. And so that made me look into, because I'm like, it's very easy for us to be like, oh, 1931, okay. But yeah, electricity was, you know, invented pretty much 1882, which isn't that far in front of 1931. By 1925, only half of the U.S. homes had electricity. So that was six years when this movie, before this movie came out. And I'm guessing just based on the depression and stuff, it's not like a a huge uptick. So everybody had electricity. So the whole thing of like what electricity can do and all of that for 1931 was just mind blown. Like, what is this thing? Like, Mm -hmm. we don't have it. We We take for granted so much of, Oh God, I know. Of just the technology that it's it's wild to think about. Like yeah, I can't even go to the bathroom at night without my flashlight phone. Yeah. See. Thank you for sharing my precious. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Do we have any other nerd alerts? No. The rest of mine are tasty nuggets. Excellent. So we are two reheatables. Mm-hmm. I am going to go last. What? Well, I usually step on everybody else's, so I thought I'd go last this time. Negative reheatables. Um, Whoa, what did I write? Maids only got a sip of champagne. Oh, yes, they Yes. Yes. I don't remember what was happening, but all and the, the maids... cheap stuff. They got the yeah. cheap stuff too. Was that the wedding or something? It wasn't it... even the wedding. It was to celebrate that he didn't die when you know that he would have been okay. split in half from yeah. that fall. And they were like all chugging champagne, and all the maids got one sip. Yeah, like yeah. like he was. Um, Paul Newman laid up in that bed. Like, yeah, come on. Yeah. Um, that he locked his wife in the room. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Try to lock me uh, in okay. a room. See what <laughs> That's the door mind will I can fly off, off the hinges. Uh, they only postponed the wedding for a day <laughs> after all that shit that happened. Like, give it a year. Well, no, the te- the kegs were already tapped. They already had That's all true. the bratwurst and everything. You're not, you're you're not, not gonna sour here. So one time, Adam and I got a keg <laughs> for. <laughs> A NASCAR race that got canceled. And you know what? We just drank it ourselves. Of course yeah. we did. We came over every day for a week and we had a couple cups. There you go. An open keg is no reason to get married. Just. <laughs> oh, now that's a quotable. That, that An open is. keg is no reason to get married. I had a keg of root beer one time. I didn't even know that they made such a thing. I didn't Honestly, either. I would love a keg of Diet Pepsi. Just yeah, you would. Oh, my God. You just lay under it and open that spigot. <laughs> she would be doing keg stands to diet. <laughs> grab, her, grab her legs. Every morning, I'd have to be like, Adam, hold me up. i got to do my keg stand Okay, Aaron, negative reheatable. Okay, I already did the one. It's kind of a negative reheatable on my end because I totally body shamed the fat grave digger. Uh, but yes, I'm, I'm just did. like, I think he would have been more svelte. But I I own it. I apologize. I'm learning. I'm a human. Um, okay, sending the the henchman who is, you know, the Fritz with the humpback. 
to um, go about and like sneak into the college. He's a yeah, he's kind of nobody would notice him. Yeah, it's like you're okay. So, all right. Um, why did he? And then I was again. We discussed this earlier, but why did he make a body with his own hands? Like you got bodies around. It just exactly. Seems like you're just making things harder on yourself. Just drink some scotch. It does the yeah. same thing. Um, the fact that it takes place in the German Alps, but everyone's British. <laughs> True. It's just these British people saying hair and Freulein and Frau and stuff. I'm, I'm just like, yeah. okay. There's a dis. Like, my mind was just like, you know, when I was watching in the one lens, I was just like, white people. Yeah. And then when I was watching the other lens, I was like, wait, there's. They're all British. Where's the... That's not how they talk. Like, now they would have at least done some questionable accent work. Yeah. Um, how did the father know that the daughter was murdered? Because she, she drowned, and when he's carrying the body back, he's like, my daughter's been murdered. And Yeah, yeah I thought that, was... that too. Yeah, how did she... She might have just fallen in that. Yeah, he Lake, just assumed that waterway. she was murdered, which I have more on that later because it's weird. Um, and then that, then so then that got me thinking this would be actually a great, I think, reheatable. What if To Kill a Mockingbird was really about Atticus Finch representing the monster in the murder trial of the little girl? Ooh. Hmm? I love it. A nice courtroom drama where Frankenstein I, is the defendant? I actually thought of To Kill a Mockingbird at some point in this. I don't know why. Well, That's weird. Mm -hmm, because I was just like, oh, why am I getting To Kill a Mockingbird? He needs an Atticus Finch because obviously, yeah. how do you know this woman was murdered? Right. Right. Or girl, little girl. Well, I'm not sure. Okay. Are um, those all your negatives? No. Why isn't Elizabeth with Victor? Like that was just right off the bat. I was like, this should be a five-minute movie. Yeah. Um. Okay, and then like my final one is like I've mentioned it. It's tough watching this through the eyes of caste system in America. Um, because like when I was watching this, when they're showing like the brains in the jar. I was like, well, I know whose brains those yeah. probably belong to. And when there was the body that was hanging, I was like, I know what body. So it it, it kind of took me by surprise when like, oh, Frankenstein. Because that, that scene where he's laying on the gurney before he's alive, the mm -hmm. way that the shadow is, I did a huge eye roll. And I was like, great. Of course, they, they made him out of a black man because the, those are the bodies because he was grave digging and he got it from the criminals and stuff. And it's just, I think that it's very easy to, to be able to just watch this movie if you're from a certain caste place in America and just be like, oh, what are you talking about? Why do you have to bring race into everything? But if you watch it from the eyes of the, what is it, sub, sub, subdominant cast? I forget the term that she used. But the bottom cast, like it's there's so much extra text and layers to it 
where you're basically saying like this monster is the lowest cast and right. it's that thing of like yes it's 1931 we know like Jim Crow is raging and going on strong and you just are thinking and so it's very easy for people to look at it and say there's no what are you talking about there's no systematic racism in America and that's because what has been taught and the lie that has been fed to us is to just look at this as something like Frankenstein is just a movie whereas if you're not in that dominant cast you're looking at it in the lowest cast you're like what the fuck is this shit like, what you created, and you created the monster. And so that was just, it's a good reheatable, but it's also a bad reheatable because there's a lot of people that they're never going to, to look, put on those other glasses and look at it from that other perspective. I also had cast system as a negative reheatable. I also had, um, he locks his fiance in the room. I also have um, how the doctor didn't know the hanging dude would have had a broken neck and therefore the brain wouldn't be viable. Yeah, I wondered if that was 1931, like just not really understanding medicine. And yeah, I read a thing about how just, I mean, in that time and like they were people just every, everyone was really interested in like human anatomy and like messing with it. And well, I mean, obviously, yeah, I don't well, know not that that's changed. Then I was like, not that that's changed a lot because we're still doing that. now. But. That's true. Not to be a complete Debbie downer, but if you've gotten to the part in the book cast where a lot of the, uh, gynecological. No, we haven't gotten. Oh yes. That. I have gotten there. Yeah. yeah. And, of course you have. and it's a lot of the, yeah. the reasons that we have these um, that people know what to do and, and the bodies and the experiments that happened. Okay. It wasn't on, you know, the, the old saying, you got to break a few eggs to make so like, yeah, it's horrible. Like when you, when the if you're a woman, the next time you go to your exam, just know that the reason that they know how to do all of this was because they experimented on slaves and without anesthesia and all of that. So the next time you're like, Oh, this really chilly. Just think, well, at least they <laughs> lucky you. Yeah. <laughs> Woo. America. Yeah, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, but with that, I don't know if they knew what that breaking your neck meant. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Another negative reheatable is the mob mentality. You know, you, you're in a mob and, and they all say, uh, lock her up, lock her up. Just for example, how everybody just joins in that. Even if that's not where you were when you, when you joined that mob, all of a sudden, so that's how they were when they were going after the monster. Hey, this is taking place in 1931 in, well, I mean, it was written before then, but the location of this film is in Bavaria, and they are on the cusp in the middle of what is to happen. Right. Well, and my most egregious negative reheatable, Ooh. wine in a martini glass. Oh, wait. So why is that egregious? That. Yes. Wait, is this, is this end, you being a snob? Yes. At the end, when they are celebrating the fact that he 
Someone the fall. the dominant cast right now. Yeah. All right. Go ahead. Dominate. Dominate That's away. Excuse me. Had to drink her wine out of a solo cup. I'm speaking. <laughs> it's my turn. <laughs> speaking. Um. Yeah. At the end, when they were celebrating the fact that he didn't die falling off the windmill. Um. Yeah. Somebody poured wine into a a very obvious martini glass so what what is your problem with that because i routinely pour wine into a pint glass and to is this me, satisfactory for you oh where's the oh, aerator let me see the glass yes thank you oh it's got what? a stem oh okay this now, is my wine glass ma <laughs> a stem is so that your body heat doesn't change the heat of the wine or the martini. So that's why you have a stem to hold on to that instead of the bowl of the wine. And then your body heat could change the taste of said wine. You do see that I have, I have a. So I'm not supposed to hold it like that. <laughs> You're not, but I do. And so, yeah. And um, you do see that I have a cozy on this pint glass. So. Okay, I'm. I'm just. I'm. I'm just saying. So we are to positive reheatables. <laughs> what you have a comment to make? No, I just think it's hilarious because you don't even like martinis. I would think that you would be like, mm, all right, I I accept that, but it's just very funny to me. No, I thought it was. I thought it was humorous. If you were, if you watch the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, you would understand. Because there's there was a huge thing about serving the wrong kind of wine in the wrong kind of glass in one of the episodes. And I just thought it was so elitist yeah. that I had to bring it to everyone's attention. I mean, I'm You're not when I'm drinking wine, I don't expect it to be in the glass long enough for my body temperature to be a well, thing. But and I get that. And that's what I got from you. So see, it's the yeah. When you drink wine by the jug, I'm just saying that you're not looking at a wine glass with a stem. My wine glass is called a funnel. <laughs> Mine's called an IV. So, positive reheatables. Um, mine was the makeup because mm. I was very impressed that this was 1931. Uh, so, and I read that the makeup artists, there were two of them, would meet, they met like for hours every night leading up to the film to go over what he would look like. And so the actor Karloff, that's his name? Boris Karloff, um, yes. Boris Karloff. Yeah, he had some of his molars removed from his right side and had to suck in his cheek. And then they shaded that. Um, and the color of the makeup was a blue-green combination, mm -hmm. which when you put it on human skin, shot with black and white film, it gives a grayish look. Mm. Um, it was apparently Karloff's idea to give the monster really heavy eyes, making him look like he was only like kind of aware of what's going on around him. Yeah, he did look dull. But, because I was wondering if like, you know, we just made Frankenstein green in modern times but oh, yeah. he really was blue screen yeah 
I was just impressed that that was 1931. Mm-hmm. I think this whole movie is a great reheatable because I I yeah. felt that it really moved at a, at a great clip and yeah the <laughs> just the whole filming of it the shot composition everything. I mean I love that they put it all into an hour and nine minutes. Ooh, yeah. These days they would have turned that into two and a half hours. Yes, they would have. Yeah, a nine-part Netflix series. Yeah. With the three last parts just not needing to happen. Okay, Erin, your positive reheatables? On that, the set designs and the of the Dutch or canted angles. So how you notice like everything was almost on a diagonal. And that is really, that's part of the German expressionism movement because it gives that. I didn't think of that. It's very subtle because your eye is like, why is everything off kilter? Because your eye wants to put everything parallel. And especially, I noticed it just right off the bat with the whole panning of the cemetery. You're like, it's not a real cemetery, but yet I totally get the vibes and I dig it. Yeah, you did. So that was great. Um by the way, do you know the difference between a cemetery and a graveyard? No, I didn't know there was one. Yeah, huh? Do you not know? No, I thought they were synonyms. Um, no, they, I thought they were, yeah. They are not, but I'm not sure which way it goes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think the cemetery is when it's attached to a church, and a graveyard is when it's separate, or it could be the opposite. Oh, Okay. But yeah, I just learned that this week from your poppy. Oh, so Did you know there was a Yeah, difference? no, it's got to be true then. It's Well, that came back from Kentucky. So there's that. Well, then it's it's well, we okay. Moving on. The word okay. cemetery implies that the land is specifically designated as a burial ground and originally applied to the Roman catacombs. The term graveyard is often interchangeably used a cemetery but a graveyard primarily refers to a burial ground within a churchyard graveyard as opposed to cemetery what i was walking to get lunch the other day and i passed by an old church and there was a sign that you could take tours of the catacombs oh are you gonna take adam to do that with you yeah well, You'd okay, like but th- th- may I just point out that the catacombs doesn't seem like it's well ventilated, and maybe that's not the greatest time right now to go into a... Well, yeah, I mean, they didn't say if they were actively doing them now. Oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Because he did go on the ghost tour of Alexandria. And he the- went on the ghost tour of New Orleans. Ooh. Oh, yes, yes. We were we did the ghost tour of Alexandria on the hottest night ever recorded in Alexandria. Yeah, that's what most <laughs> humid as well. Mm-hmm. That's it why was... it was not very scary to me. Cause oh my god, I just passed by a window and saw myself and freaked out. My hair. <laughs> it was. It was okay. Aaron, other positive reheatables. Um, that okay. This was my favorite part of the film. It's stepping on quotables, but I loved when they they are barred, they're knocking on the windmill door as my man's trying to put together his life's work in this experiment. And they come in and they're like, you're crazy. And he's like, oh, oh, I'm crazy. Well, you want to come upstairs and do you, <laughs> do you want me to prove that I'm not crazy? 
And he's and they're like, yes, well then come on up. And then in my mind, I just added, come see the body I made with my bare hands. Yeah. <laughs> but he does say, are you sure you want to come in? Yeah, I love how he he wants to to show him a body that bodies that have been chopped up and put sewn together by this man's two hands to prove that he is not crazy. And he's not, he's not a cross-stitch uh, aficionado. No, but he's... The he, stitches are way too big. He's so crazy that he thinks he can prove that he's not crazy by showing them how crazy he is. That killed me. Oh, that's good. Um, the fact that this is a pre-code film, we haven't mentioned. This is before the Haynes ah, Code. Yes. So, okay, the... There's a scene that we see in this film that, so you remember, like, we've done movies with the Hayes Code. So this was before the Hayes Code, and then, like, 1934, the Hayes Code came into effect. So what they would do is they would um, take, you know, the movies and stuff that were around, and they had to go back, and they would cut the negative and cut out the stuff. So for the longest time, and I'm stepping on a tasty nugget that I have, um, that there was, so, so it was something like in the 80s that they found the footage. But anyway, when the, the monster comes out, and there's the little girl, and he's mm-hmm. playing with the little girl, and she has the flowers, and she can make them float. And he goes, and when he he approaches the girl, it cuts, and then it cuts to the next scene. And then it isn't until later when you see the father carrying the dead body out, (laughs) saying like, oh, he murdered. So all of this time until the 80s when they were able to find the, um, the stock footage, all that time it seemed way worse than it really was because when the movie that you see on Peacock, he throws the flower in and then they don't float. He thinks that she's going to float like the flowers do. So he picks her up and tosses her in. And then he's like, oh my, like, what if I've made a horrible mistake? Right. And then like walks away, like, what do I do? And that's how she drowns. But right. in the way that they that the hate that then when the code came in and they cut it, they make it see like if yeah, I had seen do. that, yeah, you would have right. gruesome. You would have inst like my mind instantly went super dark. Like oh my god, right. he raped and murdered that little girl, he, yeah, and that's how yes. the father and knew sodomized her too. Everything you know, yeah. So yep. the fact the fact that it was pre code, but then it it also. I mean that that's like a tough scene. It's a tough scene when he throws her in, and it's like because you really see him throw the girl into what the lake or river or whatever it is, and then just the the oh heartbreaking the father yes. just carrying the the dead, oh and he's God, not yes. even like cradling her head. I I felt like he, like he would still be like you know supporting the head, but he just wasn't, and she's just and I was just like man, that's got to be like pre-code stuff i think he was in shock yeah um like teeny said the makeup i think jack pierce was one of the guys um the sound of the crowd when dr frankenstein falls out or gets thrown whatever when he goes out of the windmill 
And then when he hits the windmill with his body, <laughs> mm-hmm. the crowd goes, ooh. <laughs> and that made me laugh. Um, and then, like, this, like, Dr. Frankenstein pretty much sums up how we end up on the moon, if you listen carefully, because he was, like, he gives his whole monologue justifying what he did is like, how dare you think I'm crazy? Because I'm the one that's daring to go beyond, above and beyond, and I'm willing to do that. And I'm like, yeah, that's that's how like you it's end true. up being a world like a Nazi scientist, and then you get into Operation Paperclip, and you help the United States put a man on the moon. So I thought that that ends up being an uncomfortable reheatable, but nonetheless, it's like this is true. this is how we get technology, I guess. And my final one is, I mean, it kind of is a good reheatable that, you know, Fritz with his hunchback, I don't know if he's considered handicap or handicapable or, but he was trusted enough to be the hench, like, here, I need you to go in and get a brain. Here, do this, do this. Like, he wasn't treated well, but representation matters so, he was in the room yeah. where it happened yeah it's okay my positive reheatables beer for the whole town oh, and yeah. uh and oh, yeah. Uh, yeah and the meister came in and said you know the beer's ready and uh we gotta we gotta let it flow <laughs> uh the female doctor students mm-hmm. in medical school yeah and the comic factor. Boris Karloff had a had a comedy factor going on. <laughs> he did. Okay. Okay. My least valuable player. Nope, 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 nope. Quotables. I did I did mine from the beginning. Any other quotables? When he said, What you go away to his fiance? Yeah. Yeah. Read uh. the room. Obviously, it's alive. Yeah. Yes. It's alive. It's alive. It's alive. Um, I don't know who said this or where it came from, but somebody said, I don't like it, but here it goes. <laughs> That's every morning for me. Yes, yeah. literally. Something bad is going to happen. I felt it all day. Something's going. She said that. Elizabeth said yeah. that. Okay, I wrote something's gonna happen. I felt it. Something bad's gonna happen. I felt it all day. Something's going to. Something's going. Come between us. Between us. And I was like, oh boy, anxiety. There we are. Yeah. Something bad's gonna happen. I felt it all day long. Mm -hmm. Um, Yes, those were my quotables. Erin, I have well, of course it's alive. And then when they they tried to drug him, or and the Victor and Elizabeth were coming back, knocking on the door, and they're like, they must not see that. <laughs> and the that he is the not be seen. yeah, and the that is the monster that's just on the ground, passed out. And then I have um, <laughs> dangerous, poor old Baldwin. Have you never wanted to do anything that was dangerous? And I, and then to me, I was like, no. 
<laughs> no, you never did want so, to do anything dangerous. There went my science career. Oh, yeah, like, no, that sounds dangerous. No, I'm good. Okay, LVP. My LVP is having your children live waterfront and not teaching them how to swim. Yes. yes. Oh my gosh, that's yes. a great LVP. You're welcome. Although I was thinking that same thing, but then I wondered, was it a lake or was it a river? Because, well, and honest, because I wondered about the different currents because there are times where, you know, like lakes are super secret dangerous because they have these weird, um, what's that called underneath it? The uh-huh. tides and the, the different pools and stuff. And I mean, we just saw that tragically recently with Naya Rivera. Or, you you know, you think like, oh, it's a body of water and you go into a lake. There was a Swiss soccer player that it happened to maybe like one, two years ago where they're out on a boat and you just go into a lake and there's a current that you can't even see. And it just sucks you and keeps you there. So I did myself. I was like, wait, you didn't teach this girl how to swim? But then I was like, oh, but what if it's one of those weird current kind of situations and she just got caught up in something? I was just like, oh, it's 1931. We didn't do water sports as much. Well, there there you go. But it was Bavaria. And they, they mm-hmm. you know. They threw their kids in the water when they were babies. Yeah, I mean... the. I learned how to swim because of the German mother who threw me in the pool as a baby and was like, sink or swim, kid. This is the and world you, you live you in. Swam. <laughs> and you jumped and you popped up and swam. Yep. My LVP, I originally wrote Igor, but I changed it to Fitz. Mm-hmm. And now I kind of feel bad with all the cast talk, but he was still, I mean, come on, you... You saw, like, it, was, it wasn't It was like the thing on the jar was hidden that said this brain is bad. Yeah. Right. Like, Although you read he it probably right couldn't read. Yeah, they probably well, kept Well, we don't know that. Read. That's an assumption. It, it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He took the lid off of the jar instead of carrying a perfectly good jar with a lid. Mm-hmm. And then when he was, like, mocking the monster with fire and the yes. masses. Yes. Bias, probably all because bad things were done to him and he wasn't treated right. And, and he wanted to have somebody is a that, product of his environment. Exactly. Yeah, and like you were going to say. Now I feel bad for putting him as my LBP, but that's what I had. I wrote it down as soon as he dropped the brain. Well, yeah. It's... <laughs> and I just stuck with it. That, he yeah, really ruined the whole operation. Yeah. He, 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 we he, don't know I what mean, it would have turned it, like. It was, a, exactly. it was a dubious operation at best, but yes, he, he did ruin it. <laughs> My LVP is Victor. How much of a loser does Victor have to be that he loses out to this crazy man? This guy has been robbing graves and sewing bodies back together. And you're choosing him over me? Again, did you see the size of the rock on her finger? Yeah, but still, it's just like you know you're going to end up dead, right? Like, you know that he's going to end up killing you. She wanted to try something dangerous. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I guess so. She went for the bad boy. So mm-hmm. we know where she ends up in the next 15 years of her life. Exactly. Uh, on, a, <laughs> on an episode of My Favorite Murder. 
<laughs> okay, MVP, I really didn't have one written down. Um, not that I didn't think it was great, but I just didn't have that MVP moment. Oh. Except maybe when the monster collapses. It was pretty good. It was I, a pretty I gotta good go collapse. watch because I love me a good collapse. It was a good collapse. Because there's a whole lot there to collapse. Mm-hmm. Well, he's got a whole bunch of different body parts that need exactly. to, to collapse. Exactly. Each one hitting the ground at a different time. Which, oh, I forgot that that was like a good reheatable for me is I've been making fun of this Dr. Frankenstein for creating a body with his own hands. But when they were carrying him, when they were like, we have to get him out of here, they can't be seen. His work craftsmanship. He didn't come apart. He didn't come apart. Yeah. That's true. I mean, he, he. Might not have been pretty stitches, but they held. They held. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, Aaron, you can go. All right. My MVP is the director, James Whale. Oh, okay. I, I watched it in 1998. Eight, a movie came out, and this was the first time I knew who Ian McKellen was. He was in a movie called Gods and Monsters, and it was nominated for a bunch of Academy Awards. I heard of it. He was nominated, and I had never seen it. And when I was doing my particulars, I saw that... That that gods and monsters, he plays the director of this film, James Whale, in his last moments, his his oh. end years, and so I watched it, and I was like, oh, okay. I mean, it's you know, it's very much in the sort of merchant ivory sort of um, biopic kind of you know independent movie. A lot of talking, a lot of people sitting. Um, but I thought it was fascinating and it was, I think it's fascinating and great that he was just an openly gay man and he was just making this yes. movie at that yeah. period in time. And it, yes. and a lot of people, you know, like, um, Oh, you're doing horror movies and stuff. And, and he put, he, he purposely put humor into it and he yes. purposely did like a lot of things behind the scenes and stuff of why, you're kind of like, oh, this kind of makes sense why this is such a reheatable movie and how it holds up. So he's my MVP. And I did enjoy Boris Karloff having fun with it. Like, not just being the kind monster, but bringing some comedy to it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> okay, so... Um... What about my MVPs? Oh, yes. My MVP is the monster. Oh, nice. And I mean, just what Frankenstein has become. Yes. And then I saw this one, I read this one thing and um, this one guy who watched the movie, I think he's like a, I don't know if he's a movie reviewer or what, but he said he first saw it as a four-year-old kid. And like he said, it like really made his, he ended up loving horror movies for a lifetime, but he said that the monster also really touched him. And he said he never has to be here. He never wanted anyone to give him life. And once he was resurrected, now there's nobody to show him how to live. As a child, I felt like he was another kid. He was, yeah, he was big and menacing, but I really, really related to him and millions of others have, have too. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Because it's kind I of didn't ask to be born. like you, you just like automatically think that he's the scary one. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Well done. 
Well, that's why it was so poignant with the scene with the little girl because he comes out and mm-hmm. she isn't scared of him. She's just like, oh, you want to play? Because she's a child and she sees... And he was like, hell yeah, this is fun throwing Exactly. Oh my gosh, I couldn't... I'm going to throw you, you're going to float too. Yeah. Yeah. You'll float too. And, Very and, and like as soon as he was born or created, they how they just put him in this, you know, clothes with dark, no light, Nobody talking to him. Nobody was reading him any books or anything. And like they went off what he first did when he first woke up. After I mean, I'm not very nice when I wake up either. <laughs> I'm keeping dead and asleep. And he's actually gone on to the other plane or whatever, and then he had to come back. Yeah, yeah. Like, God, give me a break. That's a lot. Okay, Talk- recasting. Okay. I have two casts. Okay. Uh, I I can't wait to do mine, so I have to do mine. Do do you just have the one? Okay. I just have one. Okay. Yeah, you've been talking this up big time. Okay. Stick with me. I recast this with the cast of The Good Place. Oh. Okay. Okay. So the monster is Ted, Ted Danson. Danson. Yeah. Uh, Victor. Okay, my Victor and my Frankenstein can be interchanged if you want to, depending on who the director is. Okay. My Victor is Kristen Bell. Okay. Okay. Yeah, my Elizabeth. Okay, so I changed the gender issue going on mm-hmm. here. So the so the doctor and Victor are female. And the love interest is male. Yes. Okay. I did that for so, one of mine. Mm-hmm. So my Elizabeth is William Jackson Cheedy. Oh, okay. Oh, uh, that's a good one. <laughs> He'd be a good Elizabeth. And so my Frankenstein is Tahani. Tahani is Dr. Jamila Jamil. Yeah. But, but that can be interchanged because Kristen okay, Bell yeah, can do I it could too. see Kristen Bell being a good Frankenstein. Okay. Yeah. Well, it could be like they could all play all the different because Chidi right. could be a good Frankenstein. But come on. Nah, Ted Danson would be a good Chidi could be a good monster. Yeah. And so Fritz is of course Jason. Oh, Manny, Manny, how do you say his last name? Jacinto. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, he would. That's that's pretty good. I was pretty proud of that. That's pretty good. You're welcome. And go on with yours. It can't be as good. Okay. Well, I'll do my Oscar, my prestige cast. This This is what I'm doing. It's serious. And this is for your consideration. So my victor is a serious for your consideration Will Ferrell. Mm. My Elizabeth is Emma Stone. Okay. My Dr. Frankenstein is Bill Hader. Oh, I do love me some Bill Hader. And Yeah, he could te- definitely do that. Okay. My monster, I kind of cheated because I kind of read that this was who was going to play it in a now canceled or whatever. Like, uh, he was attached at some point to like a recreation. And I was like, that's just too good. Gots to be. 
Javier Bardem as the monster. Oh my god, although he's so huge. Okay. Yeah, okay. he's a monster. Oh, the monster, the yeah. monster. I was thinking Fritz. I was thinking Fritz. Yeah, I didn't I didn't have a Fritz yet. That would uh, Simon Pegg. Oh I'll just throw in Simon Pegg into my prestige cast. As, there as, you go. Well done. So for then my my alternate gender swap, I have as Elizabeth Kingsley Ben Adir, who is, if you've seen the Comey rule, he was Barack Obama. He was also in Hulu's High Fidelity. Um, he's been in other things as well. Okay. Very handsome man. Um, for my monster, I have Andy Serkis. He's, he was, he's like the king of the, um, CGI. Like he was the implanted of the oh, apes. Yeah. He was yes, Gollum. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. And then my Dr. Frankenstein, I cast as Gugu Mbatha-Ra. The British actress, who you know her from the Morning Show. I think she, I think she was Hannah in the Morning Show. Okay. Yes. So. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. That was a good show. It was. I think mine won. Yeah. Okay. Tasty nuggets. Okay. This movie got a hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Wow. And that's not easy to do. Yeah, there are a lot of um, haters in this world. We talked at length about the scene where he throws Maria into the water. Mm-hmm. The monsters. Mm. I thought it was like, why did the monsters not get sued? Because it was a direct liking of Frankenstein, but it was also a universal production. Oh. And the makeup to the Herman Munster. I loved the monsters. Oh my I, God. I like the monsters. We, we ate lunch and one of the monsters actors was there. No way. It was, a, um, it was on a trip to New Jersey and we had like stopped at a rest stop or something. Oh my gosh. Yeah. What was his name? I don't know, but... <laughs> Take your pick at who you think it was. It was like the old man, I think. I don't remember his name. Oh, the uncle? The uncle that was like uh, Dracula? Grandpa. 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 Yeah. Oh, so. I, I am at the age now where the Munsters and the Adams family have congealed Merch. into the oh, same oh, thing. Yeah, no. Oh, that's possible that I'm thinking of that too. Al Lewis is his name. Okay, nice. Did you um, recognize him just off the bat? Like, that guy's from the monsters. Oh, no, I was a kid, and I don't oh. remember it at all. I just heard that. That was, like, our only, my only celebrity run-in <laughs> before the age of 30, so. <laughs> you don't run into a lot um, in the suburbs of North Carolina, believe it or not, other than basketball players. Yeah, but... other than, like, the most, the greatest basketball player oh, of you all know time. What? One time my mom, my mom saw Muggsy Bogues when she was voting one year. Oh, really? We have the, so awesome. the same voting place. Wow. See? Uh, see what happens when you vote, kids? Yeah. <laughs> um, They probably didn't vote for the same person. Uh, the makeup to apply Herman Munster's uh, makeup took three hours to apply, and his costume was 40 pounds, so he had back problems because of it. 
Yes. Oh, like, yeah, and this 1931, so who even knows what they were, what the makeup was, <laughs> you know, that they're, mm-hmm. there's probably well, no, like, Herman, Mun- Herman Munster for the Munsters. Oh, well, s- still, what was He it? played the Frankenstein character. Yeah. That's... Yeah, it was still old. It was black and white, so. 1964. Yeah. Ooh. Um. Wow. Where did that go? I guess those were it. Looks like that's all I had. Mm, nice. Okay. Um. So I already mentioned in 1931, Dracula came out, and mm-hmm. the star of that, Bela Lugosi, he was actually supposed to play Doctor Frankenstein. He was like, yeah, this is my time. Mm-hmm. I'm going to actually get to play a real part. And But Lemley, I guess, I think it was Junior, I forget. He wanted Bella Lugosi to play the monster because he's, you know, he's the money man. He's like, Bella, you're our monster. Give the people what they want. You need to play the monster. And Lugosi was not too keen on it. And so he passed it over. And that's how Boris Karloff ended up playing it. But the interesting fact and tidbit in that is because everybody was like, oh, what an idiot. Bela Lugosi passed on playing Frankenstein's monster. But the part that he passed on ended up being not the same part that was shot. Because movies go through rewrites and we already mentioned Mm -hmm, how many mm -hmm. writers were involved in it and all this. Like, oh, because I guess in Mary Shelley's Frankenstein the monster is more eloquent and kind of sums up like i don't like being treated this way because you have to be able to read it yeah exactly so there were things that were changed so it's kind of like don't give bella lugosi like a bad rap like the part he was offered isn't the same part right right they went into it um kenneth strick fadden he was the one that designed all the electrical effects in the creation scene and he was also the double for Boris Karloff. So when you mentioned like when he was on the gurney going up, that was this guy because all those sparks, like Boris Karloff for was real? like, yo, I don't want to get burned. Like you got my torso all hanging uh, out here. And so Kenneth was like, all right, I'll, I'll do it. And so that was him that, that goes up. Oh. And I think in movie circles and stuff like that kind of, because you're in 1931 that was like jurassic park for the late like mid 90s like when you saw the dinosaurs for you're just like what the hell so for seeing like that electricity and stuff that's how that was and that that whole like setup and the the buzzing and they he actually got a tesla coil built by tesla in there um, oh my god that oh my god. all those i think they're called like strict strict faddens like the uh, yes. w- when you know you want to put that in like it, it of course. that's where that comes from the opening scene and the scene with the village is the only music that's in this yes other than that there's no score which i love that two weeks in a row that we had no mu- no music i think so what did we do last week i can't oh, even do we do last week i don't even remember wait it was, this mine. was mine. Le, le Diab- oh, le, le yeah, Diabolique. Yeah. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Maybe. Wow. Yes, yes. Yeah, there was no music in that. That's oh, right. 
I'm sorry, but here's where I came to my notes that I'm, I was looking for feverishly earlier about the pre-code stuff. So in Massachusetts, Pennsylvania, and New York, they all cut the scene with the, the uh, monster throwing the girl in. They also cut the scene when he, in the creation scene where he, it says, in the name of God, now I know uh-huh. that it feels like to be God. God. Yeah, they were like, that scene's got to go. Ooh, wow. Kansas came in because, again, remember pre-code, it was up to the states and stuff. Kansas came in and they were like, here's 32 scenes you need to cut. Whoa. Um. Yeah, they're like, yeah. oh, if there's well, going to be. sorry, we don't have a movie anymore. Exactly. Then. So then after 1934, Universal made cuts to the original negative so that Mm -hmm. that footage, and they did that to a lot of pre-code films. They cut the negative. And unfortunately, now a lot of the stuff that they cut was lost because they physically cut the negative. It was lost forever. But that the scene that we see that we mentioned when he throws the girl in, that was rediscovered in the 80s in a collection of British National Film Archive. Wow. And it was reincorporated into modern copies of the film. And it's funny to look at it through these eyes because I think that the edited version is way worse and way more horrific of like, yeah, the monster just... Because you, oh, your yeah, imagination is worse than what actually happened. Yes. Um, and, you know, I hate to say it, but the, I mean, even though... Sometimes there are silver linings to bad things that happen. Like, even though this isn't the same as colonialism, but thank goodness somehow the British had a negative of this film that was found in the 80s. And then it's like, oh, good, because we went crazy there for a while. And now we get to reincorporate this. So you just think of how many things that people thought were lost. And it was like, no, well actually our like colonialism and stuff took this and it ended up saving it i'm not i'm not excusing it or anything i'm just saying that both things can be like little silver lining in absolutely yeah um the mic a microphone was put in the coffin in the first scene to get the the sound of the dirt when they were putting it in um the little girl, they were concerned that she was going to be completely scared of Frankenstein. Like, oh, man, when she sees Boris Karloff, she's going to, like, freak out. And so they assembled at Universal to go to the location, and Karloff was all done up in his makeup. And the little girl just ran right up to him and said, may I drive with you? And Aww. yeah, and, like, Boris Karloff was like, it would be my pleasure. And so they were like, phew. Oh, that's awesome. Okay. Oh yeah, but, I read that she couldn't actually swim, and he really had to keep throwing her in there. Oh wow. Oh, I didn't read that. Yeah. I read that um, they developed this thing where he would just wiggle his finger at her, and that would be like, "I'm Boris. I'm Boris, the one you know. Mm-hmm. This makeup doesn't matter. It's just me." So that she wouldn't have to be too afraid of him. Oh god, that just reminds me of Red Rum now. The Shining. Oh, Um, don't worry, it's not my my movie pick. I mean, we could redo it, but we have done. Oh, you've done done it. Yeah, we we actually have done The Shining. 
BC before Christine. Um, John, or I'm sorry, James Whale, he wanted to create an alternate universe. So that's why he mixed 19th century stuff with 1930s technology. And I think that's something that kind of probably goes over our heads looking at it, where we're just like, oh, it's just all old. But I kind of like this, like the village and having the windmill and stuff, but then also having the 1930s technology. I was like, oh, that is kind of cool. It's kind of like how with Twilight Zone and alternate realities and like now we take for granted because so much stuff incorporates all this stuff where it's like, oh, like uh, what is it called? Steampunk when they incorporate Mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff. Um, And okay. I found that there's an author. Her name is Elizabeth Young. She's the author of Black Frankenstein, colon, The Making of an American Metaphor. And in an interview that I read that she gave, she gave the example of after the 1831 Nat Turner Rebellion. See, I, I uh-huh. promised I would tie mm-hmm. it in. Virginia legislatures invoked the imagery of Frankenstein's story to defend slavery. Oh my God. Citing if slaves were freed, they would all be Frankenstein's monsters revolting against their masters. Oh my God. And that um, in the novel, he the monster speaks and he talks about his enslavement. So it's one of those cases where, you know, both sides can quote the Bible in this mm-hmm. case, you know, the book, because, you know, on one hand, you have people saying, this is why you can't free them, because look what will happen. They're monsters. But also, though, on the other hand, you had people who used the book to support the end of slavery and racial oppression, who would that like they would look at Frankenstein and be like, he's innocent. Right. You're like right. you're you're putting on. You know, like you haven't taken care of him. You've done all of this. You've brought him here to this point and didn't take care of him, didn't teach him, didn't treat him with kindness and the compassion that you would want to be treated mm-hmm. with. And this is what happened. And he wasn't even like in this movie, when you see it with everything together, he wasn't a bad person or monster or whatever. So I just thought that. I was like, see, like somebody wrote a whole book about it. It wasn't just me being like. Yeah. <laughs> so those are my tasty nuggets. Okay. I have, you know, those bolts on his neck. Mm-hmm. Those, oh, yeah. weren't, those weren't bolts. Those were electrodes. Yeah. To, oh. to conduct the electricity, right? Yes. Um. Originally, Henry Frankenstein was going to die when he fell from the windmill. He looked like he died. Yeah, but then they changed it to have a happy ending. But that actor, Clive, whoever. He was a bit of an alcoholic, BTW. Well, he had moved on to another project. So the dude in the bed at the end of the film was not our original Henry Frankenstein. Oh, that's interesting. You're welcome. Yeah, when he um, hits that windmill and he, like, the half of him, I was like, he's dead. There's no way his insides survived that. They said Boris Karloff broke his back during uh, production of this movie. 
Mm-hmm. And he had trouble with his back the rest of his life. Oh, wow. Oh. Wow. I believe that, man. That oh, they, that sucks. I feel him on that. Yeah, yeah, in the Hollywood system, the 1930s. Yeah, they weren't taking care of him. Oh, and you know they were shooting him up with just probably straight Everything. morphine. He was, yeah. was just, yeah, man. So his eyes were really droopy. It, it, he didn't like, no. <laughs> and the makeup that uh, Christine talked about earlier, the grayish green thing, like they had to keep checking it in black and white to make sure that it was a different color of gray than everything else in the gradients of gray. Mm-hmm. And that that makeup is under copyright until 2026. Wow. Oh, wow. That's what I read. Man, I wonder what. So I wonder if in 2026, if they're going to be like, here is the, the recipe. And they're like, Mercury. Yeah, there was probably mercury or lead what? and all kinds of bad stuff in Asbestos it. Asbestos and lead? What and is probably this? some of that antifreeze that's under Christine's credenza. And and real straight <laughs> cocaine. Just yeah, exactly. <laughs> Heroin? What, what what were you putting on this man's face? Yeah. So that is anybody else with anything else? No, I mean that—that's Frankenstein. Nineteen thirty-one Frankenstein. You're welcome. So we are scared to death. Aaron and I are scared oh, to death of next now, week's. Let me tell you, I went through a lot of things. I was so happy to find that I had the Halloween weekend pick. You do, because I love scary movies. You do. And at first, I was like, well, we could do The Exorcist, because what's scarier than The Exorcist? I thought of that myself. Mm -hmm. It's terrifying. You guys have already done The Shining. Yes. My dad, before, I wanted to go see The Sixth Sense, and he said that before I saw that in the theaters, I had to watch a real scary movie, and I had to watch The Shining. Mm. Still terrifies me. Yes. And I went up down all around trying to figure out what to watch we have a friend who is obsessed with horror movies and i texted her the other day and i said what's the scariest movie you've ever seen like classic movie and she was like well the classics don't scare me but here's where anyway i went totally off for this so i'll read my movie i've never seen it i've never heard of it it got a 93 percent on rotten tomatoes i'll read you just some of the comments about it <laughs> it says it's an uncategorizable cult nasty is part old dark house Adams family black comedy part Texas Chainsaw Massacre before the whole thing winds up somewhere in Eraserhead territory wow we have words a lot not, words cannot properly convey the uniqueness of this film which should be sought out and seen and all with an interest in the genre um, if you like trashy horror films, you should be thrilled with the special treat. So I don't know. Trashy. I, I'm on with trashy. So the was this in the seventies? Is this a film in the seventies? We're going to 1968, I believe. 1968. Um, the last house on the left. No. Uh, let's see. Chauffeur Bruno looks after three strange siblings at their family estate. 
Ralph, Virginia, and Elizabeth all suffer from an inherited condition that causes a reversal in mental age and results in a crazed childlike disposition. Oh, so we have creepy kids? Yeah, but they're adults. They're not kids. Apparently, this started like the whole female killer thing. Okay. The name of the the movie is Spider Baby. Spider? I've never heard of Spider. Are we able to see this movie, Christine? Yes, it's on Amazon Prime. I've never heard of any of these people, but you may have. Lon Chaney Jr. Lon Chaney. Okay. So he's the son. son. Yeah. Carol Omar. Nope. Quinn K. Redeker. Beverly Washburn. Jill Banner and Sid Haig. Okay. Okay, this is a brand new one for all of us. Yeah, yeah, I've never heard of Spider Baby, but I also don't run in horror circles. I did watch the trailer. I am so excited. I am like, what is D.D. Prada? So it's thankful. only an hour and 20 minutes. There's, there's my teenage. All right. And I'm thankful that Poppy is back in town. Yeah. You had the scary. We should have just done your dream. The word that is used in the reviews a lot is a schlock film. Oh, schlock. schlock. Yes. Yeah, which I read means if something is nonsensical and doesn't make sense, but you still get pleasure from it. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. okay. Well, it's 1968. It's called Spider right, Baby. Kind of like a comedy, a comedy cult horror film. Okay. I'm thinking this is going to be very much like, wow, people are doing a lot of drugs on this. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Man, is my brother going to be okay watching this? It's Spider Baby. He's he gotten spiders. over he the spiders now. Oh. He's gotten over that. Oh. He makes them live here. I well, I always try to save them, and then it always ends up going tragic, and I just I have to apologize. One of the scenes looks like one of them eating a spider. No, oh, yeah, Speaking. I'm fine. That's fine. Christine, <laughs> look, I didn't choose Anaconda. Oh, thank you. My gosh. Thank you, and thank you. Yeah. I want to just lie. Somebody's mouth what, is... what anaconda? Yeah. No. You, you might have been doing a podcast by yourself. Yeah, I would have. I think I would have. I probably would have just like done the particulars and just like fudged my way through it. <laughs> it would have gotten real awkward. I'd be like, did you even watch it? And I'm like, I watched the scenes where there wasn't the anaconda. <laughs> Oh wow! Yeah, we, who knows what we're in for next week? But I'm excited. Okay, and we do thank you for not going this snake route. Oh mm-hmm. man! Yeah. But but we're not going to rest easy till we're at the end because a snake can always appear. I think that was very nice. I was googling scariest movies to watch if you live alone. Oh okay. Well, I would have just I, watched it in the I was daytime. Gonna be, I was going to be really mean, but I think I'm going to go easy on you guys. There's a little bit of humor involved. Okay. I thought that you were going to do the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I that was on my list. Yeah. I thought that was a possibility as well. I was like, Nightmare on Elm Street, the, any of the Jasons or the Freddies. Yeah. Or the, wait, what What did I think of that? What is that house? The house on Haunted Hill? No, Amityville. Oh, um, Amityville. Amityville. Yeah. I did have that on my list. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, we're not going to thank you prematurely. 
we will we will see and let you know next week how I we am feel. I'm gonna think you're because I appreciate the work that has obviously <laughs> gone into this. I did go through a lot of work. I did go through a lot of thought and work to pick this movie up. Yeah. Yes, you did. Sp I've you did. never heard of Spider and, and there are a lot of movies of it, so. that I've I've heard of and I've like Spider Baby? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, that's why our our listeners listen to us to find out the the uncovered gems that they don't know about. I can't wait. 1968. This thing's going to be wildly it, very wild. possibly wild, pretty wild. Pretty wild. Pretty wild. There was a whole thing of I wish I could find it, but of um other titles. Oh, it's also known as Cannibal Orgy. Oh, wow. <laughs> the maddest story ever told. The Liver Eaters. Oh, God. Oh, wow. So, this yeah, is great. So we might have some cannibalism going on. Yeah. So that's oh. that. We'll see what we get into. Okay. Okay. Nice. Uh, I'll let you know if you need to do the first 40 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Replay. Uh, join us next week for this very uncomfortable <laughs> edition of Gone with the Bushes. Okay, listeners. Well, we hope you enjoyed this, our Frankenstein week. And next week is going to really expand all of our borders. Man, tune in, man. Yeah, man. It's going to be the 60s, man. Okay. Well, there you go. Bye. Bye. Bye.